You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Rise and shine, Perth. My name's Trent Fleskins, your host of The Perth Property Show, where every week we get Perth's biggest experts into the studio to chat on their favourite property topic. Today, we're talking about the first home buyer super saver scheme. This is something that was brought in a couple of years ago. I'll get some more specifics from that very soon. But essentially, it's the idea of people being able to put money into their super to then save money on tax and then take it out for the purpose of saving a deposit. So that's the, the, the crux of it. We've got our financial planning expert in the room today. That's Kieran McAleen. Kieran, thanks for coming in again. Thanks so much for having me, Trent. Pleasure. All right, before we have this chat, we're going to say that Kieran is a financial planner under Paul Carter, PTYLTD Trading as Provident Financial Services. He's an authorized representative of AMP Financial Planning. And we have to remind everyone that this segment is a general advice only and not intended as personal advice or recommendations. Kieran, the first home buyer super saver scheme. It's a fairly new piece of legislation terms of superannuation. What's allowing people to do is the ability for them to use some tax concessions to build up a home deposit inside their super and then be able to pull that money out to use as a deposit. I thought you couldn't touch your super until you retired. How does this even work? Yeah, so look, there's a couple of circumstances where people can pull their money out of super. All right. What are this, they? this is one of the examples, so as new legislation, but the other is if for some reason someone is in ill health or in severe financial hardship, then there can be the ability for the trustee of the super fund to release money based on that C- circumstance. Compassionate grounds? Y- yes, yep. yes, but that's a case-by-case basis. So why would someone want to be using the superannuation investment vehicle to save a deposit for a home. When someone's contributing, so these have to be voluntary contributions. So I'm talking, your employer will pay you on your fortnightly or monthly basis their super contribution that they have to pay you. Yep, your usual nine and a half. Yeah, yep. usually nine and a half. This so, is on top of that. That's right. This is ex- this is completely different to that. And so, you can't touch the usual nine and a half. We're talking about everything else. That's right. Yep. So it has to be a voluntary contribution by yourself. And that can be made in a couple of different ways. So you can make a personal contribution using your pre-tax money, such as a salary sacrifice. So straight out of the pay slip, you don't see it. That's right. You say, boss, I want you to send it to to what? The ATO, a superannuation account. Where does it go? Yeah, so it goes to the superannuation fund. And that is done through your employer, as you mentioned. So you go, hey, boss, look, I'm wanting to contribute some additional money to my superannuation fund. What's the form? What's the process now for me to complete that? So that's usually done with a HR okay. team or... or if you're in a team. small business or you're self-employed or something like yep. that, what is the form? Is it as easy as just saying, I want to put more money in and then you can say later, I want to take it out again? Or do you have to actually declare, disclose to, to the ATO or to a super fund or whoever it is, you can tell us? That mm. this is what we're doing and you have to fill the forms out. If you're making a salary sacrifice and then that that's done through work. So what that is, is that's your pre-tax money going directly into your superannuation instead of going into your pocket first. On the other side, the flip side of that is if you're a business owner and you are receiving money that you're earning yep. and then you're, you're contributing... Paying yourself a wage. Yep, paying yourself a wage. Then you're making your own contributions to your super monthly, yearly, whatever it happens to be but you're doing that with after-tax money, mm. then you'll be doing that as a personal contribution and then before the end of the financial year 
or after with a notice of intent, you will claim the tax deduction of the difference that anyone else would be getting if they were salary sacrificing. So what that means is if you are contributing money into super, so instead of it coming into your pocket, there's caps. So the cap at the moment under the current legislation for the concessional contribution is an amount of $25,000. Doesn't matter how much you earn. 25 grand that's is the right max. that's the maximum amount that you can put in with the concession and that's the idea of you're not paying tax on it and it's going into a super fund where hopefully people are investing it properly well it's, yes it's but it's a reduced amount of tax okay so someone's paying 15 percent tax on the way in yep. with that concession and for example if if someone was putting in any amount over the twenty five thousand dollars then you wouldn't be getting the same concession. It's called what we classify as a non-concessional contribution. So look, the advantage is if someone's contributing their money, their salary sacrifice or their after-tax income but claiming that tax deduction at the end of the year to find the difference, then really they're only paying 15% tax on the way in. Mm -hmm. So then that money is there in their super working for them and then with this new legislation that's available for first homeowners and there are, I'll note, some points of eligibility. So, it does have to be your first home. Uh, You do have to be over 18 years of age. What it means is that you can essentially pull out $30,000 from personal contributions that you've made from your superannuation account back out of super and use that to contribute for your first home. Again, Kieran, is it a form? Is it just willy-nilly, mate, can I have my money back? How does it work? Yes. Do you have to see a financial planner? Do you have to call the government? How does it work? There needs to be contact between your superannuation fund to basically let them know the intent of this money. But it is done through the ATO once you're ready to pull the money out. Okay. So, they have their own eligibility and ticks, basically boxes that they need to tick to say, yep, okay, we see that the money has come in as personal contributions, that you're pulling it out for the purpose of purchasing a house. If you don't purchase a house within a certain time frame, then you'll either need to send the money back to the superannuation or there's potentially additional taxes uh, okay. that you need to pay. Sounds like, therefore, there's a lot less red tape than I was thinking there would be. Sounds pretty simple. Yeah, and I think that it's deliberately designed that way to be simple. So, there are time frames around if you are to notify your superannuation fund and the ATO how much time it will take for them to actually release the money to you so that people can work around their finance clauses and when their settlement is actually due, when Mm -hmm. they actually have to come forward with the money or their their portion of their saved amount to put towards that home. But the the process itself is, is pretty straightforward. It is important to note that there are certain rules and legislation about the first homeowners super save scheme where the maximum amount as an individual you can pull out of your super to contribute is 30,000 mm. and the maximum amount that you can input into your super in one financial year is $15,000. So it's going to take you a couple of years to that's, max max this out. That's correct. Okay. Here I was thinking that there is a whole bunch of forms and <laughs> you know you had to set up a new super account and all that. It sounds like we're just getting on with it. It's, contributing our own money here and then just saying, look, I want it back and this is why and they all seem pretty cool about it as long as you meet a few uh, parameters. Yeah, that's right. So, I think it's it's most Im- important to check those parameters first yeah. because this money is used and intended for the first home for your deposit. Mm. So, if you to change your mind, well, then there might be a tax implication that if you do need to pull the money back out for something else, um, it could cost you. So, 
my advice would always be with anything like this, it is worth speaking to a professional, a financial advisor that speaking, you know and trust. Do you have to speak to a financial planner about this or can you speak to an accountant as well? No, you don't have to speak to a financial planner. You, there's information online for people to do their own research yep. between their own superannuation fund and talking to the ATO or at least the ATO's website in combination with your accountant. But of course, it's very circumstantial on that person's specific personal situation and goals and you know would this work well if someone's going to be saving for a home within one year or is it to be used in combination with saving some money outside of super in case they're changing their mind and not going ahead with a purchase of a property within a time frame they originally thought Mm. there's also consideration around an individual has a partner and they're saving together well then they can actually use this to have a saving of thirty thousand dollars each Hmm. For a combined amount of sixty thousand dollar deposit that's for their first time, far, isn't it? Yeah, well, that starts to make a big difference. And I'll give you, I'll give you one example here. So, Please. you are saving ten thousand dollars per year before tax, and we'll we'll assume that someone's on a an annual income of about eighty five thousand dollars, post or compared to salary sacrificing ten thousand dollars a year into super. Well, the after tax savings through the super is going to be about $8,500 per year and the after-tax savings outside the super is about $6,441. So after a few years of building that up, I mean, there could be a difference between an individual saving inside and outside of super of, of $6,000. It's literally just money in your gov- your hands and not the government's hands. Yeah, that's right. It's a cons- On top of that, mm. your forced savings, you don't see it, it sits in a superannuation account you don't think about, and I guess you'd hope that it's making more than your, your deposit rate? Yeah, that's right. So I think a lot of finance and success in finance is behavioral. And mm. I think a lot of people that have experience in the industry or have read a lot in the area will understand that a lot of it is just simple fundamentals of investing and dollar cost averaging and, and taking the thought process and the motivation and the effort of saving out of the equation and having it automated. So, I mean, that is the reason that we have superannuation in the first place. The government wants people to be able to save for their retirement because... It well, the government can't pay for it anymore. <laughs> they, yeah, that's right. Very true. A couple of uh, extra little... These are trickier questions, I guess. One, sure. with the first home buyer's grant and, and stamp duty and whatnot, it's only for owner rock. Is this for yes. owner rock as as well as investors or just for owner rock? No, this is for owner occupied. Yep. Not so you, investors. So you have to be living in the property okay. after. You, yes, right. that's right. Cool. And if I put my thirty thousand dollars in, mm-hmm. right? And my super, my superannuation manager has made that thirty three thousand dollars in that time. Can I take thirty three thousand dollars out? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh the, the specific details of the investment earnings that that money has made is something that I'd have to look into a little bit further. Mm. Um, because also That'd be a nice little investment anyway, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. If it's working the most tax efficiently for you inside yeah. that environment, then I mean, it's it's money made for you that you haven't had to save for. Yeah. But yeah, look, there are some details about the amount of money that you can pull out that people need to know as well. So when I mentioned the concessional contributions, which are capped at twenty five thousand dollars a year, which is kind of like the top level or tier of of superannuation legislation. The money that you're contributing in there as concessional contributions, you can only pull an, a total of 85% out. So even though you have the ability mm. to pull $30,000 out over a couple-year time frame or three-year time frame, 
it's important to note that not every single dollar that you've put in will be able to be pulled out in that circumstance. Yeah, okay. That's so there, there is some intricacies that need to be considered and that's why I think it's really important that if people are looking to do a strategy like this, it's worth speaking to a professional who knows the details. It sounds like that change up with the 85% and that extra 15, it sounds like it'd be pretty close obviously to the amount of money that the government would have had. So whilst you're probably at the end of the day taking out the same money after tax mm. that the government would have given you if you just had it uh, straight from your salary at least that extra bit of money that the government's not getting is at least sitting in your super and not their account yeah yeah that's exactly right and I, that's the really my understanding is that's the fundamentals of why the government has this in place is it's to give people the opportunity to save for a deposit in the most tax-effective way they can and the government is seeing that if it is used for the purpose of someone trying to get into their first home, mm-hmm. then they're willing to give those tax concessions. Yeah, yeah. and if the leftovers are still sitting in a superannuation account, that's pension they don't have to pay down the track. That's exactly right. So, one of us, not just Australia, but many, many nations' biggest problem is their ageing demographic and the constraints that age pension, Centrelink entitlements, for example, play on the total economy and the funds that the government ha- have to support their elderly through their retirement because mm. people not only living longer, but uh, it, it's becoming the standard of living is obviously becoming more expensive too. So it's in the government's best interest that people are looking after themselves and their financial future in their retirement because it's less that they have to pay for. Very true. It sounds like a really worthwhile piece of legislation, especially for those who struggle to save, but uh, have the drive and the Mm. ambition to do so. They recognize that money isn't their top thing, but they uh, they can really appreciate the structure and make the most of that to know that when they're ready to meet their goals, they've got the money in the back end, sitting away in in a very private account, protected account that allows them to then go ahead and make that first purchase. Yep. That's exactly how I see it too. It's If someone has a goal and an objective of acquiring a house and they're wanting to save a deposit of X, then the government has given a vehicle for people to do that in a more tax-effective way. And no red tape. Sounds fantastic. How surprising. <laughs> yes, yeah. There's some. Sometimes it does go in the favour of the first homeowner or the uh, the Australian resident when it comes to super and government and yep. saving schemes. Government 100, <laughs> Australian <laughs> residents 1. <laughs> Kieran, right. thank you very much for your time. We'll have you in again soon. No problems. Thank you for having me, Trent. Okay, suburb spotlight time now. We are talking about the city of Doondalup suburb being Kingsley. Uh, fantastic access to the freeway, train stations, bit of a shopping hub there as well, and some new suburbs around there bringing a bit of vibe into the area. A uh, bit of subdivision opportunity in a very specific area, and we're here to talk about all those opportunities with the only man I want to talk to, and that is James Kennedy from Ray White. You are the number one agent in Kingsley. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks, Trent. Thanks for having me. James, why is Kingsley your suburb? Why do you love the area? What, why aren't you in three or four other suburbs? You seem to really be a passionate person who is in and amongst Kingsley and have a, you know, most of your listings, they're Kingsley. Yeah, that's correct, Trent. I moved into Kingsley with my family uh, in 1986. So uh, I went to the local Creaney Primary School and then on to Woodvale High. So, yeah, I mean, I've lived and owned property. You were born property. and bred. Yeah, pretty much so, pretty much so. Yeah. So, yeah, I've lived and owned property in Kingsley for about 33 years now. So, yeah, look, it's a you know, fantastic suburb, um, great family suburb. It's, it's, it's so central now. Um, 
you know, it's eight or nine minutes down to the beach to Hepburn Avenue down to, to the marina. You've got freeway access on both sides. Whitford's on one side and, and Greenwood train station. So, yeah, really good access to, to train stations as well. If you jump in the car, which I've, I've just jumped in the car now from an appointment in Kingsley, bearing peak hour traffic, you're you know, you're in the city in 12 or 13 minutes. So really great location. Accessible, but I think at that accessible price as well. That's the point. Big blocks, family houses. I guess my, the answer to my next question is probably families, but who mainly lives in Kingsley? Good question, Trent. All type of families. I was only doing an appraisal yesterday to a, a gentleman who was 92 years old, been living there for 20 years. He's just, just lost his wife a, a couple of years ago, but not ready to move out of the area because he's just just used to the area and you can you know duck down to local shops and there's a medical center behind the Kingsley shops which he goes to you know ranging from from elderly down to first home buyers property I sold last week was a first home buyers just wanting to get into the area they didn't want to be on the other side of Wanneroo Road through your you know your newer suburbs your Darts, Madley's, Hockings mm. they wanted to get into you know a well-established suburb where they could have a 10 or 15 year plan and and bring up their kids and and bring them to the local primary schools which there's which there's really good ones. So Tell yeah. me about these primary schools. It seems, for me, it seems like this suburb is perfectly set up for that 30s, early 40s couple who have probably made their first family investment, that, you know, that step up to their second home a lot of the time with the kids. The kids are going down to the local primary school. Mum's taking the train into work. Dad's got work locally. Is that a good sum up of a lot yeah, of your it clients? It is, Trent. I mean, look, it's just such a blue chip suburb. You're right, it's got four primary schools. You've got Delmain, Halliden, Trini, which I went to, and, and Gulal. There's also Montessori Primary School as well, which is a little, little hidden primary school they're over the back there. They're getting more popular over, uh, over time as well. They are. So, yeah, look, and they're all great primary schools, so that's a big attraction. Of course, Kingsley doesn't have a high school, so it's got a very low crime rate. Uh, I've sold about half a dozen properties to police officers over the years, and the reason why they want to get into the area is because very, very low crime. So, You've got Woodvale High School on one side, which I went to, and then you've got Greenwood on the, on the south side. So high school's either side, but no high school in Kingsley, which I think is a good thing, and it just makes for a, for a great family suburb. Tell me about what it's going to cost me to get in to Kingsley. Uh, obviously, it's not the cheapest suburb around town, and for a reason, I think, because you've got more established families who can afford that uh, more established lifestyle, bigger blocks, bigger ho- big houses, you know. Do you have accessible options in the 400s, or are we really talking the five, six, seven hundreds in Kingsley? No, look, I mean, definitely you can get some property in the 400s. Look, traditionally, you've got your sort of three levels. Your entry point is your, your villas or your duplexes, which start at high threes, low fours. And then you're sort of pushing up to your three by ones that are starting around the mid 400s. And that's that's a full size block. So that's your, your 680 to 700, which is average for Kingsley. Uh, you know, high fours up to fives. And then once you hit into the five mid fives, you're getting your you're getting your four by twos between the 500 to 700,000. And yeah, peaking out about 700 for a nice renovated 4-2. But in saying that, as we go across the other side of Kingsley uh, towards Lake Gulalel and high up on the hills overlooking the lake, you know, they're, they're million-dollar properties. So mm. you've got a, yeah, a big array of, of price range there. You touched on the word renovation. Now, I would have thought, given the vintage of this suburb, what, were it 40-year-old oh, suburb? Yeah, late 70s at yep. the little yep. pocket. Most of these places need a lick of paint and a new kitchen and bathroom, don't they? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's lots of renos going they're fantastically along. built, strong double brick homes. I su- suspect there's no fibre homes in Kingsley. They need a renovation, right? And this is where a lot of opportunity for some skilled people to come in and, and 
create their own uh, future yeah. and dream. For the tradesmen that they, they can come in and, and buy a four by two double brick and tile for around that mid 500s, they can, you know, it's got good bones, you know, the, the two or three living areas, double lock up garage. Uh, and as I said, on a 680, 700 block, uh, they can come in and yeah buy that and then yeah, slowly add their stamp to it and do their upgrades and knowing that they've got a good solid home in, in a great area. So, A couple of things that I know about Kingsley, you've got a great footy team on the amateur side, I hear a lot about it, and secondly, there's a Facebook page that seems to be buzzing more than uh, most around Perth. What's going on? Why, what's, is, it, is it a big community vibe in Kingsley? Is it quite tightly held? Yeah, you're right, Trent. It's Kingsley's a, a very um, community-based suburb, and that's part of the reason why you know I love the area, and, and I think buyers come to the area. Yeah, so Kingsley, it's now into it's just gone into this year into A-grade amateurs footy club, and it's a great club. I think they've got an ex-Docker, uh, Fremantle Docker, Anthony Grover coaching them now. So yeah. Great football club, Kingsley Cricket Club as well, which is doing very well in the summer. Yeah, I guess I'm, you're finding these, all these things out from the community Facebook page. and Yeah, for sure. And my Kingsley Life page, I've got about 2,500 followers now. We just do Kingsley. We don't, we don't go outside Kingsley. And we like to promote um, everything that's happening in Kingsley, the local um, trade services. We have a tab that um, if you're an you know, electrician or, or a plumber or a hairdresser and you want to promote your business on my page, um, you can do that. Yep. And then people can just go on there and click and, and find a local person to, to do the job. That's so, a really good idea, just keeping it local. Yeah, well, Kingsley's a massive suburb, train. It's got 4,500 homes. So you know, there's lots of people that live in Kingsley. I think we're up to about 13,000 residents. And uh, yeah, we, look, we just like to keep it local. And Kingsley is one of the least affected suburbs, I think, by the city of Joondalup changes. However, there are also, uh, I think there's been some, some nimbyism, some, uh, some pushback on the subdivision zoning changes that have come back in the last couple of years. Uh, what's going on in terms of the mindset of locals in Kingsley, do they want renewal? Do they see it as a valuable thing? It's a pretty small pocket that the city of Joondalup has zoned for subdivision. Obviously, I'm not seeing a massive amount of, uh, of of renewal and change happening in there yet. Why do you think that is? Yeah, Trent, look, there, there is a pocket along the northern corridor from the Whitford's train station all the way down to the drive-ins. Um, and that's another thing we haven't mentioned. That's yeah. Kingsley's got the only, uh, only drive-ins left in, in Perth. Yep. Uh, and you get your your tight ass Tuesday, which is I think twenty dollars a car, and there's a line from uh, the drive-ins right down Goulel Drive, and um, that happens every Tuesday. But yeah, right. it, it's still open seven days a week with a, a couple of movies. But yeah, you've got your R40 uh, pocket along that corridor. There's about four or five hundred homes. There is a strong pocket down near the Whitford's train station that's starting to get redeveloped. Um, there's been seven apartments that's just been built on on one block. There are neighbours that have protested and are not happy with, with the change, but you know this change has been happening or in the pipeline for the last 10 years, which they've known about, and it's finally come through. And Look, I think it's a good thing, good thing for the area. Don't um, you think it gives your 90-year-old client that opportunity to, within his price range, stay in Kingsley and have less of a maintenance issue and be close to amenities? That's what I see a benefit of these strategic pocket zoning, rezonings that are happening in these areas. It gives the 90-year-old fella an option to still have his own home and stay in Kingsley. Otherwise, there's no other place he could have gone. Yeah, correct, Trent. That's exactly right. Uh, people that have, yeah, they've, they've, they've had their family there. They've grown, 
you know, the kids have left. Um, now they've got a you know seven seven hundred block four by two that they want to downsize. Um, they don't want to do the gardens anymore, and yeah, they want to stay in the area. So you know, I've had a few clients over the past twelve months that have that have sold and have have bought um, you know these these newer homes three three by two double lock up garages. Um, you know, on a corner block in a group of three or mm. or a duplex. And you're right; they want to stay in the area and, and you know and benefit from from what they know Kingsley has to offer. What are these things selling for? These new products, these apartments, and these uh, these triplex style uh, villas. Do you have any data as to what it might cost to get into these? Uh, look, Trent, you're looking probably high four hundreds uh, for a, for a three by two villa on a on a triplex block. Um, as I said, there's high fours, low fives. There's been a few sales recent. There's probably about 10 or 12 under construction at the moment in so the area. So we need a bit more data to see exactly how the market's treating those? Yeah, true, true. And there's been a lot of people, several houses that have been knocked over and there's, there's a little bit of land available as well in Kingsley at the moment. So people are either... Uh, knocking down their houses and just selling the blocks only because okay. um, they're finding that there's maybe a little bit more profit in doing that than doing the, the development. So. Yeah, okay. Giving people optionality in a brownfield suburb to re- renew and build their own dream home on maybe 400 square metres or 350. Yeah, depending on the size of the block. You can either duplex it or, or triplex it. So there's options there for them, which is, which is great. Where do you see Kingsley moving in the next... 10 to 15 years as a suburb, as a culture, do you think it will retain that family vibe or do you think uh, as families start to move into downsizes, like I view maybe a Warwick right now, uh, you might see more people calling for more housing options and downsizing options? Yeah, look, Trent, I think Kingsley will always be a, a family suburb. It always has been for since I've been in the area for 30-odd years. You know, it's got great community feel and it's, it's got great sporting clubs and, and cricket clubs and the ones that we touched across, um, you know, the footy, the soccer, the cricket. It has a local Christmas carols every, every Christmas down at the Kingsley Oval which, with the fireworks and the Woodville High School comes and, and does their orchestra, and which I sponsor, which is great. So I think it'll always be that family suburb and there's always going to be change and there's always going to be, you know, developments popping up and diverse of of people coming in the area and, and housing, but I think it'll always be true to its name and it'll always stay a, a great family suburb. Give me your median house price. Uh, Kingsley medium house price at the moment is about five sixty. All right. If you had $560,000 in your pocket, James Kennedy, what would you do with that in Kingsley? Oh, look, I'd do probably what I did do and um, you know, back 14, 15 years ago when I did buy my first home in Kingsley, when I moved out of mum and dad's house, of course, in Kingsley, I'd probably buy a good four bedroom, two bathroom, nice, you know, couple of living areas, your double lock up garage. If you get a pool at the back, it's a bonus, you know, in a nice family street that you can, you know, bring up your kids and, and enjoy what Kingsley has to offer. Renovation capacity or or for that price are you looking for something that's ready to go? I look mid fives at the moment you can you can get a nice four by two with maybe a, a kitchen's done up or or the two bathrooms and and the kitchen needs to be done up got some nice flooring and reverse cycle throughout but look you, you can get long as you've got a nice big four by two or or a home that you can add your touch to and enjoy the the lifestyle that uh, that it has to offer then I don't think you can go wrong bonus question that's come up in my head right now we're in August two thousand and nineteen. Are we in a buyer's market or a seller's market in Kingsley right now, or is it quite balanced? Look, good question, Trent. It, the real estate market, and in Kingsley especially, it, it's sort of like the shares. One month it, it's up, the next month it's down, and the, and the buyers move from suburb to suburb. So right here, right now, we're getting you know really good results for, for properties. And then next month when everyone decides to sell in spring, it might be become a little bit a little bit lesser. So look, it can be up and down, but look, in saying that, look, you can get a really good 
a really good house in Kingsley for mid fives, and I don't think there's a better time to to buy in the area. Uh, I think in, you know if I'm standing here talking to you in, a, in two or three years' time, I think that that mid fives medium house price um, will definitely be more. So yeah. yeah, great time to buy. Okay. James, thanks very much for coming and appreciate it. Let's have you in again, talk about Kingsley uh, when we're seeing those increases and we will have uh, maybe a couple more championship trophies on the wall for the uh, footy clubs. Yeah, thanks for having me, Trent. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!